Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chris from Sydney. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, buddy. So, uh, Chris, we, we've sort of known of each other for a while, but we haven't actually spoken much. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to get to do this podcast with you. Uh, for the audience not knowing you yet, would you mind sort of going through a little bit of your sort of history and who you are and so on? Yeah, sure. Not a problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 46. I'm married to a Filipina. I have two wonderful little boys, three-year-old and a nine-year-old. Um, I am uh, based, as I mentioned before, three weeks often in Sydney, one week in the Philippines. I started uh, a company called Remote Staff. Um, I've been committed and passionate since I've started on, about remote working. Uh, my dream was to be a digital nomad. I lived that dream for close to a decade. Uh, uh, you know, when a friend of mine was making a lot of money online, I just wanted to learn everything and everything there is to learn about internet marketing and how to create wealth online. And, and, and that was because I just love the idea of traveling and earning an income around the world. But while pursuing that dream, I was diagnosed with a massive brain tumor. And my doctor said, right, we found the cause of your headaches. <laughs> uh, this is a Tuesday back in 2005. And We'll operate on you on Thursday uh, coming. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you mean someone's going to enter my, uh, have, I'm having a brain operation. Someone's going to enter my private space, my brain. Are you for real? <laughs> and so I had a brain operation. I had the tumor removed. All went well. Uh, then I had cancers all over my kidneys. Had a right kidney removed a few months later. Then I said to everyone, hey, guys, let's stop. I'm a dead man as it is. I'm taking a year off and I'm having a second chance to life. So my second chance to life was not necessarily <laughs> uh, doing the digital nomad life, traveling around the world on next to nothing. And uh, my second chance to life was let me go online and date and have as much fun with girls around the world. <laughs> That's literally how it happened. And then one of my destinations happened to be the Philippines. And I enjoyed myself there. But I fell in love with the people in many ways. And when I got back to Sydney after my one year of travel, I um, started my usual entrepreneurship and business activities that led me towards building remote staff with a pure focus of having home-based professionals working from the Philippines to service majority of our time, our Australian clients. But, you know, we also still serve a lot of, Americans and, and Canadians, UK, New Zealand people as well. Sure. Uh, so since that time, we were virtual for the first four years. We ran the company completely remote. And then in 2012, uh, you know, we started an office. And so my experience in business is fascinating because I disrupted my own business that was going through rapid growth. And all my remote workers were everywhere. Davao, Cebu, everywhere but Manila. <laughs> and I opened up an office right smack in the middle of Makati in Salcedo. And so I had to fire my whole pioneering founding crew and started all over again in 2012. And wow, was that a journey. And I'm still there now. So we, 
in-house. We have about 90 staff and we are service. Uh, we are a PESA company. So therefore we have to work within our PESA confined location called the office, which I am not happy about, <laughs> but that's what it is. But we, we as a business have a sole focus at providing professional, sustainable, valued relationships from home for foreign employers. And we've employed close to 8,000 or over 8,000 Filipinos since we've started. I think we've got like over 700 currently working at the moment. Yeah. Well, that sounds great, Chris. That sounds great. And uh, yeah, I mean, definitely some a roller coaster ride, it sounds like. But, uh, <laughs> yes. That's often what makes us stronger. So, yeah. Very true. Can you tell me a little bit about your sort of high-level management philosophy or like how you think about management or the mindset you have around managing people? Yeah, wow. That in itself was a, a, a very fascinating uh, journey that I had around around that philosophy. I mean, uh, first, it, I had this very loose approach. It, when I was remote, it was all about lifestyle and flexibility and giving people the space to breathe and make their own decision. Um, and it was all good. Uh, but then when we went in the office and we had a, a new crew, a new team, I somehow was not exposed when I was working remotely to the Filipino cultural kind of behavioral things that we normally get to witness a lot in an office. When you're remote, they happen very mildly. You're just not aware of them. They don't, those, those cultural behaviors don't affect you that much. But when I came in the office in 2012 and I started this whole new crew, there was a lot I didn't understand. And what I was applying as a, as a remote leader and manager just simply didn't work in the office. And it was throwing my game big time. I was bombarded with cultural adversities that I had no idea the context about it. And frankly speaking, I also had no interest at the time of understanding because, hey, we've got a job to do. I just got to get on with it. And, uh, and, and I didn't take the time to understand truly where the people were coming from. So, so as a manager, initially when I started the company, that I was on a bad road right away <laughs> uh, and and um, it was a bit of a desperate situation because I read all those JP Morgan books and stuff and I just thought oh yeah re-engineering a company no problem two years it'll be done I'll be back on track again but it was a lot harder than that a matter of fact it was so hard that for me that I stepped away and I thought I needed to get a leader that was really hard-lined and uh, can control the people so I, I ended up hiring a leader where she walked around the hills and everyone was terrified of her. <laughs> um, I eventually had to let, let her go. I mean, you know, she was causing more emotional turmoil and problems than she was actually achieving results. Then we hired another person who became a great operations person. But as I empowered him, and gave you more and more responsibility. He just didn't have the capacities to truly embrace the role. He was a matter of fact afraid to change, and he was very volatile and, and was barking orders and, and, and very insecure. And as a result, he became a dictator. He just also didn't know how to deal properly with managing people. So I got rid of him. I got rid of him in November, and then. During my management struggles, I actually bowed out of my own company and started a real estate doc PH portal. I spent 
close to 90 million pesos for two and a half years marketing and competing against OLX, former Sula, Lamudis, and, and Property24 and so on. I went around doing that and enjoyed myself doing something different. I let remote stuff slide while this other person was kind of keeping the ship afloat. And then when I realized he became a dictator, I stepped in. I killed the other real estate business because of my health. I, I just killed it. It wasn't really in line with my truer purpose. And I stepped back, in, stepped back in as a new leader, as a new CEO after confronting a lot of adversities. And today, to me, I told my management at the beginning of, uh, or at the end of 2000, I, th I said that we've got nothing to gain remaining the way we are. There is nothing to gain remaining with averages as targets and goals. It's time to embrace what it's like to rethink and redo everything that we do. Let's start questioning what really matters. What, how should we measure what matters? How should we do what matters? How can we rethink about everything that we do? And so for me, to answer the question about leadership, to get full circle, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it really, at the end of the day, my philosophy is now, after confronting all the damn dramas I've had to go through, is a very simple philosophy of a link. At the end of the day, regardless if I'm the boss or your boss is on the, uh, whoever you're working with, you must understand that the staff, their goal is to see you as a resource. You as an owner or manager are, are, are always uh, investing in the people who are applying certain things. And so you're a resource to them. And then their job is to help you succeed. And then your job is to help them succeed. And that's the link. And that's the fundamental essence. If we can help people understand the humanity at the heart of all this is just the assurance and security, comfort of the fact that we're in this together, we're a link designed to help each other out, we will grow. We will be strong. And that's kind of my big <laughs> roundup uh, distinctions these days. That's excellent. And, and I think you're, you're right. I mean, most people go through these ups and downs, right? Like what, one of the things I always really enjoy that, that there's a great book out there um, called First Break All the Rules, What the World's Greatest ah, yeah. Do Different. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I love that book because it's so good at saying like, it's not a right thing to be hard or soft or be this or that. The key thing is figuring out like your personal strength and really figuring out how you can manage using your personal strength to the most benefit, right? Because that there isn't right or wrong ways to lead and manage. There's different ways to do it. And, and you, you need to figure yourself out, right? Like you need to find out how you work and, and so on. And it, it, it sounds like you've really gone through that journey yourself, both, both, both yourself individually, but also with your yeah. business, right? Yeah, big time. And I think anyone in a, in a leadership role, in a management role, have to understand that you, when you're, that, that, that general from the, uh, the Iraqi war, I loved what he said, you know, when, when, when you're given the authority to lead, take charge. <laughs> I love that statement. So, so I think as leaders or as managers, we have to understand uh, that go hand in hand. Leadership is one element, management is another element. Leadership fundamentals have not changed. We're dealing with people. These are 
principle-based things that are out there. There's so much good material out there about princi uh, the principles of, of leadership. So those things study, learn. Then management is what's variable, applies. You know, remote management is so damn different from office management or, you know, this account is managed so different from that account. So management is variable. And in management, what is the style that our leader should embrace? What is the style that would work for them? That answer only comes to one word, authenticity. Whatever, whatever your weaknesses are, embrace them. Whatever, whoever you are, you must embrace it. You be authentic about all that you're trying to do, all that you're trying to be, and all that the way you're trying to help. And therefore, the people will come together with you to help each other, to come together. Like if you're authentic, then the others will, will believe in you, trust in you, and be led by you. You can't lead people who aren't following you. So you must have people that, you can, that, that will want to follow you. And no one wants to follow anyone who's inauthentic. So I think all of us have to understand there is amazing greatness in all of us. And if we can just truly embrace truly who we are in an authentic way, and that's hard to do because sometimes, hey, like me, it took me a while to embrace myself. I'm dyslexic. I, I, I can't. Now that half my body doesn't work very well after a second brain operation, I can't type very well. My left side doesn't work. I can't, you know, I, I, I even talk in you know, half my tongue doesn't work. I've got so many adversities. I'm born behind the eight ball from, from a genetics point of view. I have a, a hereditary condition that makes me prone to cysts, tumors, and cancers. I'm that lucky 0.04% uh, of the world that grows hereditary cancer. I have so many weaknesses. I am not the fastest kid in the block. I'm not the smartest member of my team. But you know what? The more I embrace myself as that leader, the more people would say, you know what? I want to go. I want to, I want to be led. I want to see what he does. I want to go where he does. I want to support that journey that, yeah. that we are together in. Definitely. I love it. I love it, Chris. <laughs> what, what, what's the one thing you enjoy the most personally about managing people? Um, I love challenge. I love the idea of helping people see. Because sometimes when I had the brain operation and it took me eight months of rehab to learn how to walk again, it took me three weeks of rehab just to learn how to get out of bed. Yeah. And in that time, it was so severe. My wife was with me and she noticed subtle things. Chris, but, you, but yeah, I know it's pretty tough. And yeah, it looks pretty bad. There's certainly nowhere to leave. But you know what? You're making an improvement here. It's a very small improvement, but it's an improvement. And then the, the next day, you know what, Chris, you're now talking a little bit more clear or, hey, you know, you're now, you're now able to do this and this. And then I learned that, hang on a minute, if all I did was just focus on all that I can do and expand on that list, I don't have to obsess with what I can't do. So in, in, in management and working with people, I love the idea of showing people what can be a future we can build and create. Yeah. And then I've learned that lesson that do not start from where you want to go or what are your intentions. Start from where the people are and help them come to where you are going. And so these are some of the lessons, unfortunately, with maturity that I've, I've, had, to, <laughs> I've had to learn many, many ways the hard way. 
Yep, that makes a lot of sense. What's um, like obviously from a personal standpoint, you've had a lot of challenges, but what's the biggest business challenge or, or sort of management challenge that that you have managed to overcome, and how did you do that? Oh, uh, there's so many. Uh, it's pretty hard to say what's the biggest because there's been so many big ones. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I guess um, I guess uh, I, I'll share it from a story point of view, and then I'll give you the context, and yep. so you'll understand, the, and the listeners will have a context. So when I ran real estate.ph, I had so much fun. I was in, I was pivoting changing, battling every morning. I'd get in the office and it'd be like a punch to the face, punch to the gut. Oh my God, we've got to rethink and change everything again. And, and so I enjoyed the creation. I enjoyed the battle. I enjoyed the, the challenge. But it came at a cost. Uh, I was suffering that uh, you know, paradox of success and failure where I'm happy taking on the challenge, but I'm sad to be away from the family so long. But I'm happy to, to apply myself, but I don't like the fact that I'm I'm operating in a negative or, you know, there's, there was this stuff going on. So I came from that landscape, but what I did was I proved to myself, I, 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 I can now look in the mirror and look at myself and say, you know what? I can go big. You know what? I've got this. And, and that's what that experience has, has taught me. And so when I shut real estate down, I shut it with uh, commercial failure but I succeeded to become a real estate portal and I technically, in my, in my own opinion, beat them for a period of four months with the most uh, amount of listings and with the most amount of quality and all that other matrix that are very important to run the real estate portal. So I proved to myself that I could do it. Now, in the context of what's my biggest uh, challenge or what, what was the question again? What's the biggest management challenge yeah, I've experienced? What's the biggest sort of management challenge that you have overcome? Now I can explain what that is. It's now. It's right now. Right now in changing people and turning around the remote staff company that I've been so absent in for so long. So we've been going through this whole year this year where everything has been on the chopping block. Everything has been on the question, observation, put on the spotlight. Well, what are we doing about that? Well, what are we doing about that? Well, how are we going to see that? How are we going to change our mindset on that? And this bringing this awareness. So I did this management meeting. I said all these things. And then I realized, like it took me six months later to realize that when, what I told management about, we have to change and rethink everything that we do where there's nothing to gain remaining uh, with averages. It took me six months to realize that what I was talking about has to start with me first. I had to change my awareness, my, how I see things. If I didn't change, there's no way I could expect others to change. And so until that time, change was kind of slow. And then once I've realized all the changes I had to make in my leadership, in my management style, in my communication style, in my approach to help people, then change has started to rapidly build momentum. And to me, I enjoy starting businesses, but I must admit I've never... I've never done this. I've never turned around a company before. And I've, and I, and even though it's challenging, it's also been the most rewarding because, you know, it's like giving hope where there was no hope, helping people embrace the fear of uncertainty of change and embracing that unknown with confidence. Oh, these things are awesome. 
And so I love them, not just myself being creative, but then I love saying, okay, here it is. You got it? Here it is. It's with you now. And then seeing them apply themselves and seeing that human spirit of endeavor amongst these other people where they're like literally breaking out of their skins to go, oh my God, I've never made such decisions or, oh wow, I've never operated at such a pace or, oh wow, I never thought I could really achieve such a result or performance or, oh yeah, it's amazing to see it in a new way. These are the changes that happen. Change is not something that happens in the business. Change management is about people. It's the change you can make in people. Yep. Yeah, 100% agree. And then actually, one, one of my personal like, that, uh, favorites around management is, is seeing people develop and grow around you, right? And, and facilitate yeah. and help them facilitate that growth. Like that's, that's one of the things I personally uh, enjoy the most. Like how, how do you sort of personally identify like who's the next leader, who's the next manager? Like how, how do you do that within your team? Uh-huh. Um, so these days I'm playing that kind of CEO role, typical visionary man. My focus is on a lot of the whys and, and where we head in the future. I have a GM who focuses a lot on the house and we have an operations person who focuses on a lot of the what's. So we've broken it like that. That's our sharp tip error. <laughs> and then the team is behind in, in that, uh, the, the wood. I don't know who said it. Someone said like, you know, make sure when you when you're in battle you uh, you know you, you you put more wood behind every tip <laughs> and and uh so don't have too many tips basically so for me it's really about uh, noticing that attribute of of people who could take something whether it's vague or not quite there and make something of it build momentum apply themselves try work through people lead people obviously you have to grow people in order to you know you have to embrace that fully and so those people who can understand that it's not about their ability to do a job but it's about their ability to get people to embrace their uh, improving their standards of doing the job uh and so can can the leader help get the result through the team then they're a leader worth investing in. It's momentum. Look at the momentum. That's how, that's, how, that's how you can tell. Who do you lead? Who do you invest in? It's anyone who can build momentum. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, what, one of the things that, that probably most of my clients generally struggle with is around delegation, right? Mm. So uh, obviously you sound very much like a visionary and, and you sound like you've gone through a lot of that. What, what sort of your favorite sort of tips and tricks on how to, how to up the delegation game? <laughs> yeah, the delegation is a fascinating thing. Um, delegation. Let, I, I, let's use the analogy that delegation means you're pointing a finger and there are those three fingers pointing back at you, not including your thumb. <laughs> so delegation means you. It starts with you first, not the people you're delegating to. It means what are you doing to prepare for somebody to fully understand what it is you're asking of them? What level of context have you given that individual to to embrace? What space have you given that individual to to embrace the the themselves to say, okay, well, I think I've got enough of the puzzle to to really have the confidence to apply myself. 
and, 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 and as a leader, manager, have you instilled enough, have you demonstrated enough behavior to give them that kind of like confidence to say, okay, well, I, I think I've got everything I need or enough. Um, I, I've got all the resources and I've got all the preparations. There's been a, there's been a spec or or, or, or a task given to me. It's, it's very clear. I know why. I've got the whole, you know, view of 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 the impact of this. Then, yeah, I I I, I guess, um, yeah, you, you know, you've done your job in delegating. That's yeah. all we can do. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, yeah, it's a fascinating story, Chris. I mean, you've definitely had a a, a very interesting sort of travel through it right and, and and i think that's one of the interesting things i see with all the successful business i work with is that there's always a lot of ups and downs right like no yeah, one totally. just have a straight curve up and just hits everything and get everything right there's just so much trial and error and particularly because we work with human beings right like it's yeah well as the old saying goes the rocket scientists say well rocket science is easier than working with people because with rocket science, you can literally calculate it and predict where the rocket can be in any part of the universe. Whereas with people, you, there's so much variables that are unseen and unknown, you cannot predict people. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's that's great, Chris. Um, any any sort of large sort of management tips or tricks or any amazing resources you can think of or anything you want to share with the audience? For sure. I, I think as leaders and managers, we have an obligation to be somebody that 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 grows people. People want to grow. They they they're here. We all got our time on this earth. I've I've had eight near death battles. They're not casual near death. They're not like ooh that was close. No no. I mean I've literally had eight near death battles, <laughs> and and every time I keep. Um, uh, uh, you know, coming back to life and getting back eventually on my feet and carrying on and moving on, I keep getting more successful. I keep, I keep getting wealthier and I keep living deeper and deeper to my true self, my true passions and my true interests. It, it just gets more and more aligned. And one of the things I recognize in all of us, since we've got this time on this earth, whatever that is, let's say 50 years, let's say 80 years, let's say 70, whatever that time is, We've got a chance in this playground called Earth, in this bioformat that we are in, to embrace that, that spirit, that energy in us to, to become all that we can be. You know, nature has tricked us by saying that we have a choice. We're not a tree. But, you know, when you look at a tree, a tree will try to grow as big as it can be. Place it anywhere. And that's the same with humans because I've realized that no matter how much adversity there is, I see people who've got cancer battles back off. You know, they just slow down and say, you know what, I want to I want to just embrace that moment of being with my kids or enjoying the, the blue sky or just laying back. What's funny with me is that while I'm a wealthy man, I don't need to work, but I'm more hungrier to work now and I'm more passionate than ever. And what's most important is I'm going all in because I'm not getting out of here alive. <laughs> and none of us are. So what have we got to lose? Why don't we embrace truly dreaming and believing in all that we could be and actually being committed enough to actually 
be in the process of trying and being all that we can be. And just know that deep down in every one of our staff, this is a true desire for them all. Our, our success is not delivering the result. Our success is in growing people to become all that they that, that can be. We are a resource. If we can be true to that resource, then they will do everything they can to help us succeed and we should do everything we can to help them grow and help them grow wings to become all that they can be. So that's my only simple tip to management. Excellent. That was mm-hmm. amazing. That was amazing, Chris. If anyone's interested about getting a hold of you or uh, checking out your business and so on, where, where's the best places for them to go? Well, I, I think these days, uh, I mean, especially later in this year, um, and I, I, at the moment, I'm, uh, I've written a book called Just Keep Going, very true to my life. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and, and I've got the website, justkeepgoing.com. So I've written a book, but we are at the moment looking for publishers and we'll be releasing that. But at the end of this year, I leave my year as if it's my last year every year. I don't leave as like Steve Jobs and all these other people that say, I live as if it's my last day. I can't be strategic if I live day by day. I can't dream big if I live day by day, but I can dream big and be strategic if I live year by year. And I'm going to be sharing later this year about how I build a personal strategic plan for a year of how I should live a life. And this is not a life of how you always go, oh, well, I'll do a bit of this and then I'll do that. And now every year I embrace everything, like all that I can do. <laughs> it's not, there's nothing casual about it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to spend all my money or, you know, not manage my resources properly as well. But, you know, I do it with an intention of building a future, whether I'm there or not. So just keep going is probably the best way. Socially on Facebook, I'm a little bit more active there. Uh, LinkedIn as always. So LinkedIn, it's Christian Golovsky. Face, uh, no, Facebook, just keep going page. It's, I think it's Chris. I don't even know what it is, but you'll find it. We'll, we'll figure <laughs> it out. We'll figure yeah. out and add it to the show notes. Yeah. 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 Perfect, Chris. Well, that was absolutely amazing talking with you. Thank you very much for joining me here. Thank you for having me, Sha. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.